Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. They're starting Taysom Hill and for a injured Drew Brees. Now, I know Eddie Robinson. He believes in it. What are you doing? I'm going to leave that where it is. Technically, the Rockets don't have to trade these guys. If a guy turned down $50 million a year, he's saying he's pretty serious about not wanting to be a part of this thing anymore. Two guys are going to have to willingly sacrifice and say, okay, I, I'm cool with being Robin and I'm cool with being the third wheel. If I'm giving up James Harden. I need a full house back. He got to go. Like, that's what it should have been. Like, you can't trade a player like that and get what you get back. Fans should have been on him, like, from the moment that he made the trade. We have breaking news that Klay Thompson did suffer an Achilles tear. He's out for the year. We believe in change, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to be back with you guys. We missed Thanksgiving week, and it seems like I've been away for over a month. It seems like a long, long time, but I am so glad to be back with you. I don't have to go in front of a mirror and talk sports, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, you know, I have an outlet to communicate with you guys. I want to thank all of those folks who reached out and said, hey, hey, wait a minute, no podcast this week. What's going on? Well, you know, holiday, and I I had planned on doing one. It didn't quite work out, but I'm back, and uh, we'll be doing two episodes this week as well. So I'm glad you're here, and uh, I hope Thanksgiving was well, and I'll go off on that in, at some point. But we have a, another great episode. But before I tell you what we have coming up, I want to remind you guys to go to the Wade's Word Productions.com website. That's Wade's Word Productions.com. Peruse the site. Go and listen to past episodes if you haven't already. Always a great opportunity to go back and do that. And also subscribe to the email list. Subscribe to the email list so you can get emails from us periodically. We certainly will be sending out some in a little bit. So we'll be working on that. In addition to that, the sports line is a real thing. 832-941-6614. I want to hear from you guys. Anytime you have a take or an opinion, anytime, day or night, just call, leave a message, 832-941-6614, and we will try to get your comment, question, suggestion on to the next podcast. Now, what's important is, and I want to do this, and, and if you guys are listening, if you've listened to any number of podcasts over the first 200, I want to get your take. I want to get your thoughts because I want to cut a promo and I want to cut a promo with your words, not mine. I talk a lot, but I want to hear from you guys and what you have to say about the first 200 episodes. If you've listened to a number of them, if you have a thought, if you like it, if you love it, I mean, obviously if it's something that's terrible, I will deal with those and I will process that. But if the, if it's something positive, I want to cut those up and do some promos. Because we have different venues that we'll be running some promos. And it would be great to hear from you guys and positive feedback from you guys if you have that. So 832-941-6614. And finally, on social media, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and the fan page. But mostly the group. I like the group because it's interactive. And, uh, man, the folks on there, uh, J.M. Keith, they do a great job of contributing. Charles Rayon is a guy that, that contributes all the time. So love seeing stories and feedback and articles and memes and all those things that you guys post on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook and finally on Twitter at Wade's Word. Well, coming up this episode, we have Eddie Robinson in the building. We're going to talk some NFL. We are going to get into like all this COVID stuff. We're going to get into Will Fuller. Oh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Look, let me tell you what has been going on with the Texans, with me and the Texans. So on KTSU Sports Talk on Saturdays, sometimes I get painted into a corner because 
Kevin Allen or say something. <laughs> He'll say something or not just him. Ralph or callers will say something. And I find myself in a situation where I am defending the Texans. Not because I'm a fan, but just with a just sort of a this is the defense for that. This is why blah, 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 blah. So that somehow turned into me rooting for the Texans. Now, I will say this. I have not traditionally been a Texans fan because I have not bought into the way they like to run the organization. So I have not been like I was for the Oilers. And if you guys know, I was a Oilers fan and, and, and Rockets fan for many, 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 I mean, just fervent Astros fan. And I still am. I'm a fan of all Houston teams. The Texans I've had a difficult relationship with because I just have not felt their level of competency when it comes to wanting to put together a winner. I just have not believed in the choices, most of the choices. The most excited I've been about the Texans were when they drafted Deshaun Watson. I did not like the Mario Williams pick. That's, you can go down the line. There were a number of misses. And every organization does that. But when you start off on the wrong foot and and, and you take Tony Baselli and you knew he wasn't going to play, and I know you made a deal so you get Aaron Glenn. I know all that. But you started off on the wrong foot, and you haven't gotten your footing yet. Even when you're a playoff team, no one, no one thought you had a legit chance to go to the Super Bowl, let alone win it just to go. So I have been painted into this corner this year, this season, by Kevin and some of the others, the Silver Fox, into taking up and rooting for the Texans. Because he said, oh, they won't win four games. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. They'll do what they normally do. Well, what I did not see is just how horrible a job Bill O'Brien was going to do. I thought he would be his average self, lukewarm Bill O'Brien. That's what I thought he would be. Well, obviously, they had a murderous role to start the season. But I thought, again, that they would right the ship. And they started to, after they got rid of Bill O'Brien, made some dumb decisions. I think they had a chance to beat Tennessee in Tennessee. I made a decision I wouldn't have made if I were Romeo Cornell. And that cost him a game. Couldn't put a touchdown on the board versus Cleveland. So things happen. But I thought, okay, this is a 8-8, eight 7-9, eight, 9-17, like they always have been. And they haven't been there. And so Kevin started talking trash. He said the Silver Fox started letting me have it. So I started to defend them. And I was feeling really good because in the course of, what, five days, the Texans had two wins. So, okay, he said they are win four games this year. That's it. Well, now you lose Will Fuller because he can't do the right thing. And so he took a pill or pills or supplements or whatever he took. That was a banned substance by the NFL, a performance-enhancing substance. And so now he's out. That's a, a big-time blow. That's, that's a tough, tough blow, and it's hard to swallow. But they got the four wins. Let's see if they can come up with a couple more. It'll be all on Deshaun Watson to do something because you also lost Bradley Roby, a cornerback on the team. That's very significant for a defense that's been horrible for most of the year. So, so I, I'm – going through all of that but this time out uh, we're going to talk to eddie we'll tell you who was d nice i'm going to tell you who still has the blues i'll get on my soapbox and we'll have a lamont award and we'll hear from our resident dj dj anarchy and a whole lot more but we always get started like this here are some headlines in headlines, COVID continues and increasingly continues to be a story. This time, more and more in the NFL. This was the worst week yet in the NFL. And while I'll talk a lot about week 12 and what happened week 12, officially week 12 won't conclude until tomorrow night when the Baltimore Ravens take on the Pittsburgh Steelers finally. In a game that was supposed to take place on Thanksgiving night, there were so many positive tests on the Baltimore Ravens team, and the spread and the outbreak was so bad that they just could not find a way to continue that game. And we hope that it will take place on Wednesday night. Now, as of now, I don't know, and we'll have to see with each passing day. But that also means that the Ravens' next game will be Monday, and then Pittsburgh's next game will be on Monday, and those games will be like afternoon games. It's crazy what's 
happening in the NFL. I mean, look at what happened in Denver where all four quarterbacks were stricken with COVID or at least COVID restrictions for three of them and one of them had COVID. And so they had to get a guy essentially off the street to play quarterback. And he looked like a guy who essentially came off the street to play quarterback in the NFL game. And the Saints were handed a, a pretty easy victory, as easy as you're going to ever get in the NFL without the threat of quality quarterback play on the other side of the field. And of course, in Houston, 2020 continues to victimize this city's football franchise as the Houston Texans had two players test pot, not just any two players, two predominant players, two dominant players uh, test positive uh, for performance enhancing drugs. They, they use something on the ban list. We don't know what it is and we will never know what it is, but I'm talking about Will Fuller and Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby starting cornerback, one of the better team corners on this team, if not the best corner on the team. And Will Fuller, clearly the number one receiver. He is out. That He had 171 yards and a couple touchdowns on six or, seven, or six or seven receptions Thanksgiving Day. He had a big, big day, a breakout kind of performance in front of a national audience. And for the season, 58 receptions, 879 yards, eight touchdowns in 11 games. So 58 catches, 879 yards, and eight touchdowns in 11 games. And just when you thought that the Texans, okay, now they're gaining some momentum. Now, again, all this is going to be torn down because the team, it will be, it will have a new coach, new general manager. Uh, the only thing that will be there for sure is Deshaun Watson. Now, everybody else, we don't know. And even Will Fuller, he is a free agent at the end of the year. And, and actually this this may actually help the Texans retain him because you have to pay him. I mean, you have you need a number one receiver. He's proven that he can be that if he can stay healthy. And maybe he was healthy because of whatever medication he accidentally took, trusting the wrong medical professional. Which again, and, and I'll say this again because I think his name will come up again. You have to know what goes into your body. You just have to. It's your responsibility. No one else's. You had stand to lose. I mean, nothing like Robinson Cano, who just gave away $30 million, suspended for the whole season in Major League Baseball, which is ridiculous. You already got your money. You can go out there and bet 125 and you're still going to get your $30 million. So I don't know why you give away $30 million. So, but aside from that, this will, it may cost Will Fuller because he's suspended for the remaining five games this season and the opener next season. So that's a, a big, big deal. And let's see how much that will affect him in free agency. We don't know. We don't know. And so we can get your take on that. Just hit us up, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. As it pertains to the rest of the NFL, Kansas City continues to just look great. And they do what they need to do when they need to do it. Tampa looked a little bit better later in that game in the second half versus Kansas City, but they have all of these weapons. And I've told people, look, I've, I've been saying it for years. He's just been able to come up with the right plays at the right time in the postseason. And not even last year. Remember, his last pass as a Patriot was a pick six. But he has too many weapons. He has all of these weapons, and I don't think that he's the man for the job. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for them because you got some studs at receiver. I mean, you have Antonio Brown. We haven't even really talked about him. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. You have Cameron Brait. You have Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you have Ronald Jones. You have Leonard Fournette. You have a – man, you have a cabinet full of talent. Now, as we get into December – We'll see what those personalities start to look like. If you ask me, the team that looks very dangerous right now are the Tennessee Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry, just to see what he does and the way he does it, is he's just a retro. If you want to know what the running back position looked like in the late 70s, early 80s, that is what the running back situation looked like. That's how yes, that's old school football. I mean, the way they run him continually. He doesn't get it, it takes, you know, sometimes it takes him a while to get going. But this you just know the more and more you feed him. You know, a lot of the great backs back in the day, they didn't even really start the game until 10 or 15 carries in. They didn't even get going. You look at a guy like Earl Campbell, hey man, 10 carries, hey man, I'm just that's my pregame warm-up right there. 
Now we can start to play some football. And Henry is the same way. They lean. And look, they've had – and this is where you can look at the comparison between them and the Dallas Cowboys. They've had major injuries on that offensive line. Taylor Lewan and a couple other guys up, up front have been injured and are out. And yet and still, they are still able to run the football. They have decent receivers. A.J. Brown can break open a game. Corey Davis can do work in the passing game. Tannehill is serviceable, above average. So that's a team, again, as it gets cold and maybe the weather may come into effect. It, you have one thing that can travel is defense and run offense. That can travel anywhere, any conditions, just about. You can run the ball and play defense. So that's going on. Also, here locally in Houston, the Texas Southern Tigers. I have to rep the Texas Southern Tigers TSU basketball. I have, that's, that's for me. And, you know, we love the swag, and we'll be talking more about the swag in the coming episodes. We'll get more into it, but they go on the road down at by 21 at one point to Wyoming. They came back last night in Laramie and get the victory. So, hey, go Tigers. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited about that, and we'll talk more about them as well. So a lot going on. You tell us what you want to get into for Thursday's episode, 832-941-6614. Well, those are just some of the headlines. And I want to talk about not only the guys last week who were nice, but those who were D-nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. When you're talking about teams that are D-nice, you have to start with the Houston Texans on Turkey Day, the first game of Week 12, almost a week ago. The Texans beat the Detroit Lions 41-25, and it may be the last time in 2020 that that offense and that team will be D-nice after the departure of Will Fuller and Bradley Roby. They were D-nice. The much-maligned Atlanta Falcons have come back to life under interim head coach Raheem Morris. They dominate a legit play playoff contender in the Las Vegas Raiders. Morris, man, he's done everything he can and then something to keep that job. He and the Atlanta Falcons were D-nice. How many superlatives can you use to explain the Kansas City Chiefs? They did it again against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-24. The offense was explosive. Amazing performances by them. And then that defense tightened up when they had to. And in the end, they did enough to win. And that's what they do seemingly every week. And they were D-nice. The New York Giants, they were D-nice because they beat the Cincinnati Bengals 19 to 17 and they moved to first place in the NFC East because somebody has to win the division. They are not good overall. They lose Daniel Jones, but for this week they are D-nice. The Tennessee Titans rebounded from a loss a couple of weeks ago to the Indianapolis Colts. They beat them up 45 to 23. Derrick Henry was amazing. Tannehill was cool. A.J. Brown did work. They moved to 8-3 and three on the season and they are D-nice. We're talking about players that were D-nice. You have to start with Tariq Hill. He had 200 yards seven receptions and two touchdowns in the first quarter. He went on to finish the game with 13 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. He was super D-nice. Deshaun Watson was D-nice in that victory over the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. He was 17 of 25, 318 yards, and four touchdowns. He was D-nice. Pat Mahomes is the best player in the entire NFL, and in that 27-24 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback was 37 of 49, 462 yards, and three touchdowns versus Tom Brady. He was D-nice. We talked about Derrick Henry earlier, but we cannot go on without talking about his 27 carries. Yes, 27 carries, 178 yards, and three touchdowns. He was D-nice. Adding insult to injury for the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, the Washington football team running back Antonio Gibson, he got off in a 41-16 victory with 20 carries, 116 yards, and three touchdowns, averaging 5.8 yards per carry. He and those players and those teams were D nice. To have your comments heard, call 832 941 6614. With that, going to take a time out and hear from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. But plenty of more show to go as Eddie Robinson is on the other side. I'll get on my soapbox for just a little bit and we'll find out who still has the blues. And we have. Alamon Award for the big dummy of the podcast. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast. 
Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, on the mix. You can check him out on SoundCloud and on Instagram and around Houston. So he's doing his thing. And if you get an opportunity, show him some love. Let him know you appreciate him because I know you do because I do. And also, want to remind you guys, if you have music you want played on the podcast, just hit us up, music at wadeswordproductions.com, and we'll try to get it on one of the future episodes. Here, a snippet at the halfway point, and an entire track at the end of the show. We still have a Lamont Award coming up, and we still have Still Called the Blues, and we still have Eddie Robinson coming up, so you definitely don't want to miss that. But right now, it's time for me to get on my soapbox. When we are together, we got power. And now, it's time to get on the soapbox. Well, you know, there are a lot of things that I can complain about and get on my soapbox about. But I am going to go back to Thanksgiving and to Turkey Day because I am hearing a lot of turkey slander all around the way. Just everybody's talking, oh, man, what turkey? I don't don't like turkey. I don't want to do turkey. Let me say this. If you do not like turkey, it's because you're not doing turkey right. Turkey, if it's done right, is fantabulous it's wonderful it's it's a like i said i like chicken i like cornish hen i like my prime i like all you know you can't miss me with meat although i'm not eating a lot of meat lately but i did eat turkey on thanksgiving and i've done a couple turkeys in my life and my brother said he smoked his turkey this year and he said it, it was fantastic there's so many ways to do it you can fry your turkey deep fry your turkey you can i'm a traditionalist I like to bake it. You can put it in a brine. You can do all sorts of things if you like. It's a great, great, great meal. So if you don't like turkey, it's because you have not had it prepared properly. And before the turkey leg hut, I was going to, uh, I, well, I still have the idea. So if this podcast blows up, I will have a turkey restaurant with all sorts of turkey stuff. I'm telling you. I'm, I won't say it's necessarily my favorite per se, but I love turkey and I love turkey on Thanksgiving and Christmas. I wanted a few people that I want to. Uh, and again, those are only really the two times you have it. Obviously, you have turkey sandwiches throughout the year or whatever. But the only two times that I have turkey during the year is Thanksgiving. Three weeks later, Christmas. And I do believe in doing both. Yeah, I know we've done prime rib as a family. Yeah, prime rib. And some people do gum, but some people do a lot of different things. I'm a traditionalist. Hey, give me a turkey on Thanksgiving and give me a turkey on Christmas. You can say what you want, but this turkey slander has to stop. Now, maybe I'll have to prepare a turkey. And if you are a turkey skeptic, then maybe you can come sample my turkey. I'm telling you, it's, if you, you have to have it done right. If it's dry, that means you overcooked it and it's, uh, it, it tastes like wood. I get it. But there's so many ways to ensure that that does not happen. 
So I feel bad for those of you who don't like turkey because it just simply means that you've not had turkey properly prepared. And that's what I'm on my soapbox about. So with that, you know, for all the teams that won, hey, they were D-nice. For the, the players and the teams that were D-nice, hey, that good for them. But if you didn't do so well, if you didn't play well, if your team, if you play, your fantasy players didn't do well, they still have the blues. Cue the music, Johnny Taylor. When you're talking about teams that have the blues, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not that they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24. It's that they looked lost in the first half of that game. They couldn't do anything with Tariq Hill and Pat Mahomes. They still have the blues. The Los Angeles Rams, they lose 23-20. I can't stand the Los Angeles Rams. I want to root for them. I want to believe in them. They let me down every time. All you had to do was beat the 49ers without Jimmy Garoppolo and about 12 other players on the San Francisco 49ers. You couldn't do that, and you still have the Blues. The Arizona Cardinals, that was everyone's media darling going into the season, but they lose to the New England Patriots 20-17, and reports of their ascension have been greatly exaggerated. They still have the Blues. The Las Vegas Raiders are the most unpredictable, predictable team in the entire NFL, but even them losing to the Atlanta Falcons 43-6, that's a special kind of whooping that the Falcons put on the Raiders, and they still have the Blues. The Denver Broncos, they lose to the New Orleans Saints, but stupid is as stupid does. And because your quarterbacks can't do the right thing and can back COVID with simple things that they can manage, that means that that organization is in trouble at the most important position on the team, and they still have the Blues. When you talk about players that have the Blues, you have to start with Jared Goff, quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, against a very depleted San Francisco 49ers. 198 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions with all that talent around you, you still have the Blues. Imagine having a dream to play in the NFL and then you get thrown into a game without any preparation as the fourth or fifth option at quarterback. That's what happened to Kendall Hinton. He was one for nine with two interceptions. So he had more interceptions than completions. He still has the blues. Kyler Murray, everybody loves you, but on Sunday you went 23 or 34 for 170 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. You still have the blues. This one comes out of the blue. Will Fuller, you had six receptions for 171 yards and two touchdowns in a victory over the Detroit Lions on Turkey Day. That's your last game of 2020 with your cheap n****. Sit down somewhere. You still have the blues. Josh Jacobs running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. You're no different from the rest of your teammates. You had three carries for 17 yards and a fumble in a blowout loss to the Atlanta Falcons. You and your team still have the blues. So all of those players and all of those teams, they have some work to do because uh, they're singing the blues. Hey, any way you look at it. Let us know if your team or your player had the blues. Hit us on the Facebook page or hit us up online. We certainly appreciate that. With that, I want to get into our conversation with Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker and a European sports nerd. <laughs> it's a great conversation with our guy. Our guy, Eddie Robinson, joins us again. E-Rob 50, how are you this afternoon? Oh, man, everything's good. You know, he's staying inside, not doing too much. That's 2020 for you right there. How are your, uh, how are your shrimp for your, for Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, man, the shrimp was excellent. There's nothing like some fried shrimp, man, on a little bit of bread. You know, that's that's a po' boy sandwich in case y'all Houston folks don't know. But, I mean, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with that. And uh, I, I had some pumpkin pie, too. So I had a little pumpkin pie. So I made a little Thanksgiving. I think I even had some some pumpkin pumpkin spice coffee too. So you know what oh, I'm saying. Yeah. I, I made the best out of it. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know about the coffee. <laughs> you know, I'm a purist <laughs> when it comes to my bean. Uh, you know, before we get started with the NFL, and I want to get into that. You know, our boy has Rona, man. Lewis yeah, Hamilton, man. L yeah, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton has Lewis Hamilton got the Rona. You know, it, but he's been really, really careful. If, I mean, for the non-Formula One Lewis Hamilton people, he's. He's really a social butterfly. I mean, he's like everywhere. I mean, he does stuff with Tommy Hilfiger. He has a clothing line. So he's routinely at, you know, the NBA finals in L.A. He's at the Grammy Awards. So he really has, he's a, a really jet-setting type of, you know, professional athlete. So I know it was really hard on him to, to just, uh, especially when you're winning and you can't celebrate. That's what he kept saying, man, I'm winning, I'm not celebrating. I'm surprised he didn't catch it before now, but he's been re he's been really diligent about making sure that 
that he didn't want, you know, him catching Corona because you coach, you can't race to be a, a deciding factor in him not winning the championship. So, I mean, he's already wrapped up the championship. Mercedes has the constructor. So now the big thing is who's going to drive the car because that's a really good car. And so they're trying to figure out who's going to step in and be the reserve driver to actually, uh, you know, have a chance to win a race with a, with a really good car. And I will say this, and you talk about him being diligent. Anytime, and I don't know his life. I don't know how he gets down. But I know that on race day, he does a great job. He's always masked up in interviews. You know, even the NFL guys. You know, we see the NFL guys right, shots right. at them on the sideline, and they ha- they'll have it on on their chin, but not on their mouths, and they or they'll have it over their mouths, but not over their noses. Just you know, they they ain't doing the right thing. <laughs> you know, they're right. bound yeah. to give it. But, it's but a he, of time. he a does, of time. yeah, he does the right thing, man. I mean, just uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously, like I said, it, it can happen to anybody at any time, given uh, what's going on these days. Did you see? the fiery crash that was a really out of the ordinary uh crash that they had that the, the other day yeah Grosjean the French driver he, he actually drives for Haas which is an American team and I, and usually I mean the cars are so much safer now I mean the the last big marquee guy that that died was Arian Senna and then I think people still haven't gotten over that and you know back in the day you know when when Mr. Ferrari himself he was like hey you know it is an honor for you to drive a Ferrari and if you cannot drive this car fast and you die then we get another driver so you know drivers were dispensable to them he was like, was like no the more. car was the prize if you died then that was just part of it be honored that you died in a Ferrari <laughs> so but now <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole lot safer and, and as it should be and, uh, and, you, and you saw the same thing. It kind of sometimes takes that, you know, when Dale Earnhardt died in NASCAR, then it was really an emphasis on how do we make races safer? You know, because to me, I always tell my buddy, like when I was playing in the NFL, I didn't really get into Formula One a whole lot because it's like every time I turned on the TV and you see motorsports, it was somebody that was dying. And it's like to me, it's not a sport. If I have a chance to die, you know, what but saying? you said that playing the NFL, a lot of bad things can happen in the NFL, right. <laughs> but chances are you're not going to die. And my motto, when I became a good football player, not to get off topic, was probably my second year. I had like a knee injury. I had an ankle injury. And then the end of my third year, I just took the mentality of whatever I break, they can fix it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that allowed me just to say, you know what? I'm going to play balls out. And if something breaks, then they'll fix it. And that, and really, it's kind of like the attitude you have to have in NASCAR and motorsports and the NFL. I mean, you have to just go all out and you can't be thinking, well, what if I crash? Now, I mean, it was a real testament because just think, I mean, this crash happened on the first turn. I mean, like the third turn. So it was like early in the race. The first thought is, is man, you hopefully it was not a fatality. Then, you know, he hit the wall. It was just a, a weird section. But now the guys have to take a 30-minute break. They're watching this fireball crash, and all of these cars are supposed to be super safe where there's no way the cars can explode and all this testing. But you just saw a car explode, so now you got to get back in the car, drive 190 miles an hour into a hairpin turn. So, I mean, you have to give those guys a lot of credit for being able to really go on and continue the race. And uh, luckily, you know, Grosjean is okay. He, he wants to race this week, and I don't think he's they're going to let him. But yeah, I saw I mean, it's a testament to the yeah. safety of the cars. Yeah. I saw his hands. Let's talk about here in Houston, man. Look, 2020 cannot get worse for the Houston Texans. So Will Fuller and uh, Bradley Roby, they test positive for a PED, and they are suspended Mm. for six games. So this is what I know. And I know I've been around you guys enough to know. There is the number one rule is do not put anything in your body that you don't know that where it, you, where it came, where it came from, from yeah. if it's on the list right. or not. Like you have to be, you have to have knowledge of every single thing. How can this happen? Do you believe that this was just an accident? How can this happen in this day and age? I don't see Will Fuller is taking PEDs. Now, I mean, you know, they they do have a strength coach who took some PEDs. Exactly. But I mean, that's 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 a whole other topic. But my, but. I think really you just have to, I mean, there's so many over-the-counter health products. I mean, it's impossible. I mean, I, and I take, you know, I take over-the-counter, you know, protein and stuff like that. But you have to, I mean, the NFL has been really clear. And most, I mean, cycling, all of the sports. I mean, 
you have to be responsible for anything that's in your body, period. And as a professional athlete, you have the resources to make sure that, you know, if and, it, and if you have an issue and you don't know, you can actually send it to the NFL and they'll let you know, like, hey, now, nah, man, this has such and such. It's, it's small trace amounts, but it's going to be enough to get you suspended. So, I mean, ultimately, that comes up on the athlete. I mean, uh, you, you have to, it's zero talent of that. And, and you got to have that policy because everybody would say, well, I didn't know. It was an accident. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that was in there it wasn't on the label so if, if you think the product is that good get it tested i mean you know and that's just where you have to have to look at it but for the texans yeah i mean it, it is a it is a blow when you lose good players on something like this so yeah and i mean what do you think that'll do for him as a free agent he'll be suspended for the first game next year would that make him a little bit more price nah, i don't think so i mean yeah it's not like he went out there and you think he didn't get a dui he didn't you know he didn't throw old lady out the building so i mean hey, it was just i mean i think you just have a talk with the guy and say hey man what, what happened all right i took this all right let's be a little bit better at that and i mean uh, you know he's gonna take the punishment and and to miss one game next year i don't think that's a that's an issue it shouldn't hamper him at all as far as being a free agent in my opinion if i'm a gm if he could catch passes, catch the pass. Hey, man, just make sure don't take anything else unless you let us know. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he's had a reputation of being sort of fragile. And maybe the whatever he was taking gave him. I mean, because, again, he's had a great year. I mean, 879 yards in 11 games. He was on his way. He had more work to do in this season. And it's just unfortunate because that offense has started to turn around since Bill O'Brien has been gone. They're putting up points, and, and Deshaun is looking a lot more comfortable. Even without a healthy Randall Cobb, and you know it, they they've been working the ball around and without a, a substantial running game. So I thought that man, and not that they were going to win to the playoffs or anything, but I thought that they, they had a couple more big wins in them. They could really definitely play spoiler in that division. So it's a tough break for them. Let's talk about COVID in the NFL. I mean, it's just been a, a brutal week here for the NFL, and we don't know what's going to happen going forward, but now we're starting to see the schedule go into disarray. We saw, I mean, it had a huge impact on the Saints game, and I want to get into that in just a second. But the Ravens and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is rolling, man. How much can this really derail them? Because now they, their schedules are their schedule, they're undefeated, they have to play on Wednesday. They have to come back and play Monday afternoon. It's it just, and this is the second time, third time today, the schedule has been sort of disrupted. What do you think that'll do to affect them in their undefeated season? I don't think it's a factor at all. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you're playing on odd times or, or a day before or a day after, I mean, these coaches, are, I mean, they're good. I mean, you have a veteran coach, you have veteran players. It's just a matter of adjusting what you're doing. And actually, this time of year, most guys aren't practicing in pads, and I think they've kind of eliminated that mostly anyway. And so, I mean, it's just a matter of making sure you get the mental reps. I mean, they have so many electronic tools. You can send everything home. You can have Zoom meetings. So, you know, if Corona would have happened in 1995 when we still have VCR tapes and you couldn't, you know, what we're going to have, like, conference calls on, the, on, on phones to try to talk over the game plan. So now, I mean, you can do live Zoom meetings. You can... You know, send players the script and, you know, cut, send them cut-ups on the iPad, iPads and everything. So the technology has really kind of made it where the players can still stay in tune from a mental aspect. And from a physical aspect, most of these guys, I'm sure they have, like, workout stuff at their house where you can still run on a treadmill or, you know. So I, I feel like that you can still get it done. And so from the, from the Steelers' standpoint, I mean – they're really getting the break. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't suspect that they're going to lose to Baltimore with with the ball, with the Ravens missing so many players, especially Lamar Jackson, and playing one more day on a Tuesday afternoon, a Wednesday afternoon. I mean, we already made the adjustment to playing with no fans. So if we're already playing with no fans. Who cares if it's on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I mean, from a Wednesday to the next Sunday, you still have I mean, guys go Thursday. To, you know, So I think it still works out. I think the Steelers are on a remarkable run. I don't think anybody had them pegged to be you know, 10-0 at this point, and we'll just see if they can keep it going. And, and I think it's just a testament to – you know, you got to give Tomlinson some credit. I mean, this guy's just been there through thick and thin, and he's been on on hot ice a couple times. And to me, he really probably shouldn't have. But you know, two Super Bowl championships later, I mean, he's really turning to be a Hall of Fame head coach, and has just been doing a great job. 
Yeah, and I wonder what will this do for Baltimore. All of a sudden, this team was in the uh, really the number one seed last year. Now, man, they may get into a situation if this lingers. And obviously, you know, people assume the guys are just going to come right back. But we we've already heard Cam Newton say, "Hey, I was a, I've been a little bit foggy here. I hadn't exactly been myself." What does this do for an organization like that? And where well, you may miss out on the playoffs because of something like this. Yeah, I mean, as, as as far as I know, I've never had Corona. I felt like I was close to having it, you know, last year, and but I never was tested positive for it. But everybody that I know that has actually had Corona, they're like, man, you didn't have it. Because if you had it, you would know you had it. So, I mean, I don't think it's, it's nothing to play with. Like, I'm not trying to experiment and get it to see how bad it is. You know what I'm saying? So right. everybody I talk to is like, nah, man, I was out. And, and even the people who say, yeah, I only had it for a day or two or two or three. They're like, nah, but them two days, man, I was, whoo, I was on my butt. Then I recovered quick. But at the same time, you're talking about recovering to work from home or recovering to be an NFL player at full speed. And I think that's what Cam Newton is saying. Yeah, I, I was recovered and I was physically okay. You know, I was, you know, symptoms had gone away. But now you're talking about competing in a 60-minute football game with other NFL players who are some of the best athletes in the world. And, it, and maybe if you get one player like that, but yeah, if you get five or six like that, it can definitely be problematic, and especially with the contact tracing and those type of things. So I was telling you last week, man, I don't, I don't know why the NFL teams haven't gone into a bubble. Like, if I'm the Steelers and... You know, obviously, if I'm the Jets, hey, all right, just we we gonna play these last four or five games and get <laughs> over it. But if I'm a playoff team, like a true contender, once December first, but we already in December, I'm bubbling everybody. Like, look, man, we're staying in this hotel. Tell your family you'll see them after the Super Bowl until we make this playoff run. But now we're at a point where you're gonna have to make a sacrifice for four to six weeks and strictly uh, focus on football. And, well, I, and you know, I think the players would do it. I mean, I don't I don't know what they're waiting on to, to not do that because, yeah, if you're a playoff team like Baltimore, this could cause you to miss the playoffs. Just think if this would happen to uh, to New Orleans or this would happen to, to the Steelers, a team that's like right there. I mean, you can lose home field advantage and a whole lot more. So, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's just that important. Well, I mean, I think you get into players' union situations, and some guys are going to want to opt out and all that. I mean, you know, because it's, it's not you've you've already opted into play, so it's not about when I say put them in a bubble. I'm just talking about trying to control the access of the players, with they're trying to limit the chances of them getting corona. You know, just from whatever there, and and you can tell players, and hopefully, but it's one of those things where you can only be so careful, and you can catch it innocently. I mean, you can, hey, my yeah, my wife went to the grocery store and came back home, and then all of a sudden, two days later, she was sick and I was sick. I mean, can you blame a guy for that? Your wife got to go make groceries. Right, you know what I'm saying? So that's right. that's New Orleans thing. We say make groceries. So, right, right. but anyway, so, but I mean, it's, it's you you can only do so much. But if I have you going from practice to the hotel to practice to the game to the practice with those same you know hundred people with staff and included then I feel a lot better about it and I think at some point it's gonna have I mean if, if another team or two and it's a playoff team and it happens I I wouldn't be surprised if a team says hey you know what we're gonna get into a quarantine bubble situation until we get through the playoffs now let's go to your New Orleans Saints Taysom Hill I mean this kind of you mean this week kind of didn't count? I mean, t- talk a little bit. Yeah, it, was, it was it was really like a glorified scrimmage. I mean, you could, you know, and Sean Payton kind of called the game like that. I mean, you could tell he didn't show much. Uh, you kept it real simple. He ran the football a whole lot. It was almost impossible for the Saints to lose the game just because of the situation with Denver and their quarterback. And how, so, how bad uh, do you feel for that guy? I mean, the Hinton kid who had to come in, who wasn't really like a receiver. And I mean, yeah, but you know, I, I kind of blame the Denver coaches on that because they had this guy like dropping back and throwing the ball 30 yards down the field. It's like, why wouldn't you run short passes, like five yard passes, bubble screens, you know, easy throws, slants, I mean, why you got the guy trying to throw deep? I mean, I just, it was it didn't make any sense. Like the play calling was just dumb. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I hate saw, to say that, but yeah. you should you you should run crossing routes where you got guys running natural picks where he can hit. It wasn't a guy like wide open at all, and that scheme to me. And so I didn't I didn't understand if you have a guy in that situation. 
you know, why would you? You almost set them up for failure. I mean, it made no sense. Seemed like they just went through the motion because they came out in the wildcat. Yeah, I mean, the you, guy didn't you, play you, to the fourth play of the game, but third or fourth play of the game, he didn't even get in the game. They started with Philip Lindsay and uh, and and the other guy uh, Freeman running wildcat. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, they played they played good defense early on, and you know, in the first half of the, of the game to keep it competitive. You know, of course, you know, it was just you know you're playing without a quarterback. I mean, it's the NFL. You, you maybe you get away with that in little league but you're not gonna you're not gonna win without a quarterback in the nfl but i just felt like the play calling should have been better and you should have probably threw in an onside kick or a fake punt or something I mean, come on that's like a, it's like at this point nobody's expecting us to win this game so why wouldn't you try everything you can non-conventional to try and win and i just felt like throwing the ball deep with a guy that doesn't have that type of uh you know he's not a quarterback anymore and so but he probably could like i can go out there and quarterback and throw five and ten yard routes you know keep it simple you know and, and maybe they had that in the in the game plan and it didn't work out that way so maybe run a shuffle pass you know you should be kind of coming with the easy plays that kind of have a little bit of trickery in them you know and they had some reverse plays but it was just one of those games it was unfortunate but i guess it was better than the forfeit which i did you know, reading uh, on the internet that the forfeit is allowed in the NFL. Like, if it got to a point where you have enough players who couldn't play, you can actually forfeit a game. And in the record books, it would show that you lost two to zero. And, so, but I mean, go. will everybody get their money? That's the question. And well, then, and then yeah, the, and now you get incentives too, because guys had these incentives. You know, they want to play these games and hit these incentives so they can get that extra money. You know. Yeah, but I think guys now are getting they're getting enough up front. I mean, incentives aren't like what they used to be because you know the the, the signing bonuses are a lot bigger. But but yeah, I, I think it's the point now where you still have to. Um, you have to look at the attorney. I think when the Players Association came up with the NFL and they were like, okay, if we have to miss a game, if we have to reschedule a game, I don't think anybody put in there about what happens if you have to forfeit a game. So it's somebody who's looking at the attorney like, hey, man, you didn't think about forfeit? You didn't add that into the contract? So And so I think it, I, from what I'm kind of reading, it benefits the players more than it benefits the owners from the standpoint because they didn't specifically say you don't get paid if there's a forfeit, then the expectation would would be that like if I'm the Steelers and I'm here ready to play and Baltimore has to forfeit. So why wouldn't I get paid? I was here ready to play. You know right, what I'm saying? And right. we still got a W on the official record books of the NFL as 2 zero. That means I should get paid for that week. Don't blame me if you didn't get TV or any other revenue, but I should get paid, but it's not in the actual, you know, agreement that they, with the COVID agreement that they came up with. So we'll have to see if that, I mean, I'm sure it'd be something that they would negotiate out if it actually came to that where a team has to forfeit. But it's something that you probably should have thought of, you know, knowing the whole situation with COVID before you got into it. Well, you think we'll see that this season? I mean, it's getting... It's getting we're getting we're getting mighty close. I mean, because you... And, and really, it's the contact trace. Like, you know, my son's in college, and they were practicing right before, you know, the Thanksgiving break. But his roommate had COVID. So that means he wow. was on a 10-day... You know, couldn't uh, he never developed symptoms or anything, but he couldn't practice. And Has so, he been tested? Yeah, they, they tested him and everything, so everything was negative, but you still can't practice. And that's the thing. Now, it was 14 days from what I'm reading. The CDC is saying that they may cut it down to a 7- or 10-day quarantine if you're in contact with asymptomatic. So... These are tough, tough times, a lot to, to navigate and a lot to negotiate. How can folks reach you on social media? Hey, I'm Erob50 at Erob50 on Instagram and Twitter. Well, there was a lot more things we want to get into, but we'll have to catch up and say that for next time because there's a lot going on as we get closer to the important. Like, hey, you said after Thanksgiving, it gets serious. And oh, this, it, yeah, it's getting to be that time. This is this is where football, really, the, the last four games of the season is where you're either trying to make the playoffs, you're going to miss the playoffs, or it's seeding. And so it's, it's, it's the crucial time where every game counts for every team. So, hey. Get them in the bubble, man. Go ahead and bubble them up. <laughs> hey, man, we'll talk to you soon. We certainly appreciate it. All right, no problem. As always, enjoyed our conversation with Eddie Robinson. We usually hear from him weekly, so hit him up or hit me up. Let us know what you think about Eddie Robinson. With that, it is time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. 
The Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. And this one is obvious, and it hurts because it's personal for me this time because I have not defended the Texans trading DeAndre Hopkins, especially for what they got for him. I've explained to people at nauseum why that decision was made with the thinking that Fuller was their number one guy and they had a core sort of like the Rams and other other teams, almost like the 49ers, where you have a bunch of good guys, but you don't have a true number one, or maybe you just have a slight number one. That's what Will Fuller was, and that's what he's proven to be this season. So for me, this is personal. This is because I have been talking you guys up, the Texans up. I've been talking up your future here with the Texans, Will Fuller. I've been talking that up. I'm saying, okay, you're going to have to pay this guy $15 million a year, but you got to keep him. Because you traded DeAndre and Will Fuller's a free agent at the end of the year, you are going to have to pay him. And I was looking forward to this guy getting paid. I, look, I have not always been a believer in him because he has not stayed healthy. The best ability that you can have in the NFL, Eddie Robinson has told us, is availability. You have to be out there. And he's missed a lot of time. He's been very, very fragile. He hasn't been so fragile this year, and maybe now we know why. Because he took a performance-enhancing drug. Now, he's out for five games and one game next year. So he's done for the year. Maybe he'll play for the Texans again. Maybe he won't. It's a it's a lot tougher decision now after, uh, and maybe it's not as tough a decision. But maybe uh, it's a little bit tougher for him. And maybe he left millions of dollars, or at least hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. I don't know. We'll have to see how that works out. But I'm disappointed in him because this is personal, and I can't say it any better than Tyra Banks. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you learn something from this? You go to bed at night, you lay there, you take responsibility for yourself because nobody's going to take responsibility for you. Now, Will Fuller, you have taken accountability. You have said it's your fault. You trusted the wrong person. But today, on this episode, it doesn't matter because you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) now i let bradley roby off the hook same kind of situation with him although he's under contract for two more years he did the same thing is it a culture you know who your strength and conditioning coach is it's brian cushing or i think he's still the strength and conditioning coach there and he got busted two or three times on performance enhancing drugs but whatever that's that's neither here nor there well maybe it is here or there (laughs) we don't know but in any case man disappointed in will fuller and what this season could have done not that you would have gone to the playoffs i just want to prove the silver fox wrong so with that getting out of here but before i let go before I let go, hey, happy, happy birthday to Willie Woods, Big Woods. Hey, happy birthday to you and our guy, Pernell Harvey of the TFE family, both of those from the TFE family uh, on KTSU 90.9. Hey, want to thank uh, you guys for tuning in. want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, E-Rob 50, Eddie Robinson. We certainly appreciate him and also our sponsor, CoBank Home. So thanks to all of them. Thanks to all of you. We'll come to you again this week. But until next time, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.